coming up on today's experience. Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but we don't even know which sounds are coming. How exciting is that? The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. It might be time for another media fast. Because remember, no human empire is trustworthy. No human empire. Mm. Life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't if we sit on our blessed assurance humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Because I can love people, encourage people, and offend people in the same breath. That's pretty good. Also, Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow, real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. the David Spoon Experience Local, National, and Heavenly Talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400,000 milliseconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. That thingy, you know... If they start arresting Christians, are you and I going to jail? Straight, ouch, that hurts. Uh, If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Don't let it die of loneliness. Just give us a call at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call, 972-445-0770. You'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Dynamite! Talking to Dynamite D. Let me do what that's like. Ready? This isn't going to be a spiritual, but it's a good one. Ready? Ready? That's like getting zero cavities at the dentist. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> like, yeah, you got nothing to do here. You look great. A little mouthwash wouldn't hurt you, but okay, it sounds great. Looks great. Uh, here's the bottom line to the rest of it. You can also text us live during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Here, here comes our non-NPR voice. Here we go. 214-210-8483. Well, that was just really good right there. One, That one. Uh, you can also email us live during the show, david at hemusincrease.org. It comes right to my 10-cent Chromebook. I, I, I really got to say minus 10-cent Chromebook at this point. Uh, david at hemustincrease.org from John 330. 
where John said he must increase, I must decrease. He must increase. That is the whole premise. That is the core ministry behind everything we do and behind the show. Additionally, I want to send you up to the website. There's a couple things I want to tell you about the website. Number one on the website is an opportunity to ask ministry questions about the ministry. He must increase ministry or even Bible questions. We'll do our best to answer, give you the best answers we can if you want to ask them off air. Of course, you can ask them on the air. Additionally, on the website is a place where you have have an opportunity to give, and we like that because giving helps us do the things we need to do, like pay the radio rent. Always a good idea. And if you don't want to give through the website, which is still 100% secure, 100% tax deductible, you can get information on the website on how to give outside of the website. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. See, that's the 21st century sword of the spirit. <laughs> Pretty good one. <laughs> I love that. All right, so we're going to do a couple of things. I'm going to have, uh, in just a second, I'm going to have Dynamic D share something. There's a prayer request there. Plus, we're going to pray for Lisa. First, though, I want to just give a shout-out to two people who have been a super blessing to the ministry. The first one, and I want you to be praying for her, is Sally Kirkwood, who listens to our show when I've asked you to pray for her before. And God bless her. She can only write letters, so she doesn't. She just has a radio, which is cool. And I did write her a letter. I hope she got that letter, but she writes me and corresponds with me on letters. I just want you to pray for her. She's alone, and she's uh, feeling alone, but she can't wait to meet the Lord face-to-face, and she can't wait to see her husband. And so she's got this great spirit, so Pray for Sally Kirkwood. And then the other person I want you to pray for is Mimi. Mimi uh, uh, Mimi watches what, is what we would say is, you know how the Lord provides for you when you're not expecting it, right? Bam! There's where Mimi comes in. <laughs> she's a blessing. She's been a great blessing, and she's been uh, helping our ministry all the way around. And I want you to pray for her, and I want the Lord to bless them. So when you're praying for, for Mimi, when you're praying for Sally, pray that the Lord would bless them. Okay, just some financial favor. Uh, and just want to thank both of those ladies for being so terrific uh, to us and to the ministry. All right, next thing, and then we're going to go into prayer, is uh, Dynamite D has something he wants to share, that something happened to his neighbor. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, seen him this morning, and um, I didn't. I had no idea. But anyway, his car was broken into. Uh, that's very, that's a tough thing to deal with, you know, even mentally. So just keep him lifted up, Dave. Um he had someone that's going to help him, you know, help him uh, use a car. But it's unfortunate when your car get broken into. I know psychologically that can be a very frustrating thing. Yeah, it's very invasive is what it is. It's like somebody invaded your space and now you don't feel safe. The other person that I want to pray for directly is Lisa, who's at the hospital with Eric. I want you to be aware that, uh, uh, you know, they've been through. I just think that their whole uh, uh, situation is uh, some spiritual warfare against Eric and against the family. And Lisa's kind of like the target. But I just want to pray for her that the Lord would make her whole and that she'd be able to leave the hospital as soon as possible. But we want everything to be checked out and make sure that Eric and Lisa just feel comfortable, strengthened, uh, comforted in the Lord. So that's a big deal. And then, of course, we're going to pray for everybody else. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you right now, first and foremost. As always, we give you thanks and praise because you're more than worthy 
than the praise we can give, and we know that. That's why we look at your word, and Jesus, when you laid out the model, you know, Father who art thou in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's like we see it, and we just thank you and praise you for the graciousness. Even when we can't understand it all, your graciousness exceeds us every time. Of course, we pray for Sally and for Mimi. What a blessing they've been to this ministry, and we ask you to bless them. And for Dynamite D's neighbor, uh, Lord, you know I know, so I just the feeling of that, the the invasion on that, just please let that neighbor uh, find some comfort. Let that neighbor recognize that comfort comes from you. Let that be an opportunity for the neighbor to draw closer to you and find you in the fullness as you are. And Lord, we lift up Lisa and Eric. They're a big part of our family. We ask you to bless Eric and give him patience and strength and bless Lisa and physically heal her so that she can leave the hospital. That'd be great. We just want her to leave. We just want to hear from Eric. She's home. You know, that's what we want. And uh, just bless them. Keep them safe. Keep them together. And we lift up the rest. We lift up Annika. We lift up, uh, you know, Brother Ace. We lift up Nola. We lift up Gary. We lift up Deborah. We lift up Mary. There's a lot of people, Lord, amongst us that hurt and that are hurting. And we love them. And we want you to bless them. And we want you to encourage them and comfort them and strengthen them and bring healing. And for Rosalind and for everybody else that's connected to us, we just pray that you would touch them, encourage them, and love on them. We pray in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Okay, that is how you start a show, people. All right, let's get into the text. You thought you liked me because we just did prayer. Ha! We're in a text now. Now it changes. I'm just pointing that out to you. Don't get mad at me. Here we are. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're at verse 10. Here's what Paul said. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always consigned to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So that death isn't work in us, but life is at work in you. So let's break this down and understand what he's saying, okay? When he says we always carry the death so that we can live the life for Jesus. Now, there's a few ministries, even in Texas, that shun the idea of carrying your cross daily. These are not, I want to say this real carefully, these are not false teachers, they're not trying to divide the church by Satan's hand. I believe, and many others believe, so I'm not standing on my own here, they're just wrong in their teaching. And I'll give you an example. Apollos, who was fantastic in the kingdom of God, taught incorrectly. He wasn't a false teacher. He was wrong. In Acts 18, 24 through 26, it states, A Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew Scripture well, had arrived at Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God more accurately. Now, why I bring that up is for you to understand Apollos wasn't a false teacher. He just had limited, more limited knowledge. Not everybody who teaches a little bit thin is trying to do something. They're not trying to do something wrong. There's many teachers that have differing opinions on different things, not on the basics. Salvation is through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. 
Everything prior to Jesus points to Jesus. Everything after Jesus points back to Jesus. That's that's there's no that's a non what we call a non-negotiable. Okay, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's a non-negotiable. Okay, I'm just trying to say, you know, salvation is grace. Now, some people believe it's more works oriented, but they don't believe it's actually because of the works. They just believe the works manifest the grace. I can live with that. That's okay. But what I'm trying to tell you is when somebody teaches something different, it's not the time to go, ah, false prophet, evil, evil, evil. Make sure because you could fellowship with that person and find out, wow, they love Jesus just like I do. They just see that differently. A best example I can give you. And, and it breaks my heart to even say it because I love him so. But Pastor Ray was one of my best friends. Pastor Ray was a very firm premillennialist. I mean, firm as in, no, 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 it has to be this way. And him and I would laugh about it because it's like, okay, Ray, I hope you're right because I, I'd rather just be zapped out and go. But if you're wrong, I want everybody to be ready. And we would just go back and forth. We loved each other. That was He's my brother. I've taught... A hundred things from him. That's how we should be engaging with people that we disagree with. And that's kind of where I'm going in that. But now let's go back to this and just understand what Paul's saying. And I'm only going to take an extra minute and then I'll jump out of this one. The reasoning is straightforward from Paul. He says, we don't live to ourselves. Ready? Because we don't save anybody. It's just that the more we reflect Jesus, the more the gospel gets shared with people because we're the Jesus billboards on the planet. So you don't want people looking at you going, wow, look at Dave. He's a great guy. <laughs> you know, I can just talk to my wife for five minutes and you'll go, eh, Dave, not that great. But what you will find out is that the more that Jesus shines through, the more the gospel gets promoted. And this is what Paul's talking about when he says we carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in us. In other words, we're coming to an end of ourselves. We recognize that it is by his sacrifice that we survive and we get through, and it is by his resurrection that we move forward. The death of Jesus made it so that God wasn't our enemy. The life of Jesus, the resurrecting life of Jesus made it so that God God was our friend. You understand that difference? Listen to that. The death of Jesus made it so God wasn't our enemy. The resurrection of Jesus made it so that we were friends. It's an excellent way to look at that. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. He's not trying to communicate in a weird sense. He's telling everybody that's there when they're like, hey, dude, your mom and your bros, man, out here, right here. They're coming right here. And Jesus is like, you know who my mom and my bros are? They're the people that hear the word of God and do it. And we had a presidential candidate not too long ago, I will not name him, who specifically, and nobody can tell me he didn't say it because I heard every word, specifically said we got to make our three priorities, family, faith, and friends. 
That guy is so wrong. I thank God Almighty he never became president. Why? Because family does not come before faith. If it does, you are in trouble. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 10, 27, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's like, well, he didn't mean it. Oh, because then he said this right after, or if you love your son and daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. I didn't mean that either. <laughs> it's like, see, you can't get away from it. Because you love your mother, you love your, your father, you love your son, you love your dad. You love anybody more than me. You are in trouble. Okay? Here's the bottom line. There's nothing wrong with family. There's nothing wrong with friends. But they are behind your faith. Your faith is first. You want to know why? You want me to give you the, the math on the whole issue? Hey, I'm going to give you the math. You know? I mean, numbers don't lie. It's just people who use numbers that lie. Okay? Here you go. Ready? 80, 90, or 100 years versus 60 billion, gazillion, trizillion years. Which one's bigger? Okay? 80, 90 years, 100 years. That's family and friends. Your faith, a zillion, bazillion, gazillion, trizillion, a bazillion years. Get it? Math doesn't lie. It's just the people that use math. <laughs> so, don't forget that. Statistics don't lie. It's just the people that do them. You know? Studies don't lie. It's just the people that write them. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our first trivia question. Here you go. Here you go. From which, now watch this, all five of these trivia questions are normal phrases in society, okay, and... You have to identify which Bible book they came out of. Cool, right? From which book comes the phrase, woe is me? From which book? You got a 1 in 66 shot. From which book comes the phrase, woe is me? Woe is me. The other thing I am going to tell you, by way of not really a hint, but the only thing I am going to tell you is I have told this joke before. So if you listen to the jokes, you would have got the trivia. You see how that works? That's right. It's all combined. It's bizarre, but it does work that way, just to let you know. All right. The one thing I will give you a hint-wise, it is the Old Testament. Somebody's ready to answer a trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is your brother from your other mother. Hey, brother, what's going on? Hey, uh, just praising the Lord for this wonderful day. Amen. That's the attitude to have. That is the right attitude to have. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's the way to go about it. All right, my brother, I'm going to give you this chance, and I want to pray a blessing over you. But first, got to answer me this. From which book comes the phrase, Woe is me. Uh, 
I believe it's a book of Isaiah. That is correct, Armando! You are right. It is Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. Woe is me. And that's why we said that's the, what's the name of Isaiah's horse. Woe is me. That was the whole joke that we told that nobody remembered. It's okay. Anyway, uh, I want to pray over you. How are you doing in general? Uh, I'm doing okay. Just pray for my, my sister. She's just having a really bad allergy, and her throat has been jacked up. So, okay. Uh, well, so just pr- pray that God will heal her and also continue heal me as well. You got it. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. I lift up our brother Samson. Lift up his sister to you right now. I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you would bring healing for her throat, for what's going on there, that discomfort, that that uncomfortableness that goes on when you're not feeling well. And we ask you just to lift her up so that she's not discouraged. We pray the exact same thing for our brother Samson, that as you are continually to moving upon him and working in him, that he would know without any fear he is where you want him to be between you and him. That's the key he needs to hold on to. And just encourage him and strengthen him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, brother, and shalom. Shalom, brother. God bless you. All right. Great job by Brother Samson. Let's see. So see, woe is me. So what's the name of Isaiah's horse? Is me? Because it's woe is me. Okay. All right. My team didn't like that. Don't talk to me. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're going to go back to the text, but first we're doing our DNA. DNA, D stands for now. DNA is something that's our building blocks, so to speak, that we use to function on a regular, everyday basis. How do you handle all the things that are coming around the corner? How do you handle life? How do you approach all this stuff? These three uh, elements, this DNA is the way to do it. D, draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. So the way you draw closer to the Lord is the way a husband and wife draw closer to each other. They don't do it by osmosis. They communicate. That's the way that you and a best friend draw closer. It's the way you and coworkers draw closer. It's the way that everybody draws closer. You uh, communicate. You have a relationship. You talk, you listen. You listen, you talk. That's draw closer to the Lord. That's why prayer is talking to God and reading the word is him talking to you. It's more than that, but that's at the base. That's the simplest way. N, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, 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 never. I'm telling you right now. I don't care if it's a president, a senator, a congressperson, a congressman, congresswoman. I don't care if they're state. I don't care if they're federal. I don't care if they're uh, religious leaders. I could care less. You never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. And if people don't like it, there's one great word we use around the show that we love. Tough. Because <laughs> that's what Jesus said. And he's not going to apologize for what he said. And we're not going to apologize for, for speaking about what he said. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means OPM, other people matter. That means that instead of just focusing on your life, which is drains all your energy anyway, focus on other people. You always notice an uptick of faith. Plus, in praying and ministering to others, what a person sows, that shall they also reap. So when you pray for others and care about others, other people pray for you and care about you. You see? Love others the way you want to be loved. That's where it comes from. All right, I want to go to this one portion of this verse because this is really a cool element in this 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I just want to pick up on verse 
12 and explain why Paul said this, okay? He says this. He says, so then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Now, I'm going to read what we call a reference note. Somebody wrote this, and it's brilliant, but I lost the tag, but I'm telling you somebody else wrote it. It says this. Paul was willing to suffer hardship or martyrdom so that the Corinthians could know the power of God. Paul faced opposition when he ministered in Corinth, but the Spirit encouraged him to stay and not be afraid. Consequently, many Corinthians heard the gospel message and accepted it. Paul's suffering and endurance are intended to bring about this same resurrection life among the Corinthians as they learn to trust God amidst adversity. Why I bring that up is because it's important for us to understand that in your life, sometimes there are really tough things that are going on. At that time, as the Lord is working through you, encouraging you, and strengthening you, you will be a witness to other believers who are like going through really hard times and find out, you know what? You can prevail. Does everything happen perfect? No. It's an imperfect world decimated by sin and then complicated by massive sin after that. But the reality is that the Lord is with us, and he stands with us, and he loves us, and he protects us, and he watches over us. And the big part of this is that as you're going through that, you might be going through what we, what Paul is defining for himself as death. Like, death's at work in me, but life's in you. Because what I'm going through that's hurting, this is going to benefit you in some capacity. The big issue about this text is Paul cares about other people. He's not even care about himself. And we are such a self-centered, selfish society, and it's like, oh, you know, the first thing we do when people are giving stuff away, where's mine? Where's mine? Like That is not the spirit that Jesus wants us to have. You know, instead of being first, what are we supposed to be? Last. Those who are last will be first, and those who are first will be last. You don't need to be first in line. So you can get it first because you're special. You can be last in line. It's okay. It's okay not to be first. Okay? It's okay not to be second, too. I should point that out. All right? That's what he's communicating. I'll go through it because I know it helps you people. That's what he was sharing. That's how much love that Paul actually had for these people. He was passionate about these people. He prayed for him every day. The same thing we ask you to do for the radio audience. Pray for him every day. Let the Lord put that passion in your heart and mind. Okay? All right. You take our break. Come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill. Can't stand the shame. Since the dawn of the internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. 
It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull-oney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. couple things I think we'll open up with. I've decided to open up with a story that I wasn't going to open up with because it's such an outrageous story. But it's not an outrageously super bad story. It's an outrageously super dumb story. There's a big difference. Bad is when I tell you, which I'll be telling you probably in the next segment, how the federal government is creating a database to track down uh, hate speech as they define it. That's bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is dumb, but it's funny dumb. Dumb, ha-ha, funny, but not entirely. Get this. Now, I'm holding a picture in my hands. You can't see it. But there are four monkeys in this picture that I'm holding. And the headline reads this. Millions in taxpayer money used to study drunken monkeys. No, no, really. Drunken monkeys. And you're thinking, no, you're making that up. Nope. Federal government reportedly has spent $3.2 million so far in order to get monkeys drunk in order to study the effect of alcohol on the monkeys. I don't know. See, I don't know where you're even going to go. Where are you going to go with this? There's, I'm going nowhere, there's no, I got nothing to there's say. There's no comment that anybody can make. The David Spoon Experience. 770 KAAM. Garland, Dallas, Fort Worth.